Tired of complex and high credit card processing fees? It's time to simplify. Whether you own a big business or a small startup, Empower Payments can save you money. Streamline your payment process while saving money today with Empower Payments. Learn more at EmpowerPayments.com. That's EmpowerPayments.com. One oh one, hour number two. Tony Aomi is seventy six. One of the members of Black Sabbath. Happy birthday, to Tony Aomi. This is Black Sabbath and Paranoid. One oh one here, hour number two. And Mike Kennedy has been kind enough to drop by and visit the studio and spend some time with us. Uh, Mike, I could ask you a million questions, and we could finish out the hour, I suppose, if we really wanted to. But uh, take us back to Thursday. Of course, uh, an emotional uh, night for you. You had uh, some time to to think about how you wanted to give the information about your health to uh, to Shocker Nation, honestly, and the entire nation for, in some ways, because uh, I know you were on uh, the awful announcing uh, Twitter account. So anybody that follows them, you are on there and, uh, Facebook and everything else, but walk us through your thought process, first of all, and how to let everybody in, uh, shocker nation know about your health issues that you've had. Well, when I first got the diagnosis, uh, my initial thought was keeping it fairly private. Uh, I certainly let all of my family know. And, and then it was from there, it was kind of a progression of, people that needed to know, people I work most directly with, you being one of those at mm-hmm. some point, because uh, at, once I got the treatment plan and schedule, it became pretty evident to me that I should probably miss that trip last week, and that brought you into play as the as my replacement doing play-by-play. But at first, I was still trying to think of a way that I could just keep it kind of general. And then Debbie, my wife, and I talked and said, you know, if once this gets announced, it's gonna, there's going to be a ton of speculation, uh, probably worse than what it is even. And so just decided to make it known last Thursday. I joined you and Bob on the pregame show, mm-hmm. and a release went out at the same time, kind of uh, explaining my situation. And... I'll be, I'll be honest. I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, but I, I mean, I've done this a long time. I know I have fans out there, so I expected to get some reaction, but what it turned out to be was just absolutely overwhelming. My phone blew up for three, three and a half hours after the announcement with tweets and texts and, and all of that. And that continued into the next couple of days. And I mean, from people that, you know, we're colleagues in the Missouri Valley Conference and, and uh, other announcers around the country that I've crossed paths with that have come in to do Wichita State games on ESPN and whatever. And so that that part of it, honestly, uh, was really special to me. And, and former players, I mean, I know you can appreciate this, former players, uh, baseball, basketball, even volleyball, that uh, that reached out. And so it... I, I dreaded missing that game on Thursday night, but it honestly, I, <laughs> I don't know if this sounds weird, but it turned out to be one of the best nights of my life with that response that I got. Before we uh, jump around a little bit, how did you, I know you listened and I know you watched, did you keep score? For the Thursday and the I Sunday did, game? Did how, how did that go? No, I no? didn't keep score. Okay. I listened to you guys and, and tried to sync up the TV, so I uh, watched too. But uh, but no, I, I relied on you guys to, <laughs> to do right. that much of it I, for I me. just <laughs> wondered what the protocol was because you got 40-plus years of locking in on every single movement of all the players and keeping your own stats and, and following along in the notes. But 
uh, not that you got a chance to relax a little bit, but not having to do that, I guess, was probably a departure from the norm, huh? It was, for sure. But, yeah, but I enjoyed it very much. You guys did a great job, by the way. I'm not say, I'm saying that unsolicited. You, did, you guys really did a great job. So how's it going? How do you feel? Where are we at in the uh, progression of your treatments? I am doing radiation every day, five days a week. Uh, I have to do 28 of those, and tomorrow will be the halfway point. I'm also doing hormone therapy, which is a pill every day, and I'm 25 or 26 days into that. And so far, no side effects, no nothing. I feel good. I've, I've, I've told people if I didn't know I had something, I wouldn't suspect even that I have anything. And so that that part's been good, and uh, I'm encouraged. I've, I've been told by my doctor that it's, you know, sometimes when people do feel side effects, and not everybody does, that it's more likely maybe three or four weeks into the radiation process than the first couple, so I still have that to find out. So uh, for those that missed your announcement on Thursday, but no, we're talking to Mike Kennedy, of course, uh, trying to uh, kick cancer uh, along with a bunch of the rest of us. But uh, in case they missed uh, your Thursday announcement, how did you find out? Early screening, how, how did you find out? Well, and I've tried to do a pretty good job of uh, – of getting regular, you know, like annual checkups, but I had kind of let that lag a little bit, and Debbie got on my rear end and mm -hmm. said, you need to get in there and get checked out, and it was a, a PSA from just a normal blood screen that was up. It was high, and so my doctor sent me to a urologist who checked it out and had a biopsy done, and that's how we found out, and uh, it all moved pretty quickly after that, but uh, I've, I've gotten great care. The two doctors, the urologist and the oncologist that I've worked with have been tremendous and very informative, And and uh, but that's, that's how, and that's why. That was the other thing with kind of making it all public is I hope that it can be a, a platform to say to men, get yourself to the doctor, get yourself regular checkups if you suspect anything, go get checked because with prostate cancer, early detection is absolutely the key to how serious it can be. And I don't know that we caught it the earliest possible, but it was early enough that it gives me a very realistic chance of having a good outcome. And virtually every type of cancer, early detection is the key. And in my particular case, it was listening to my body. And that would be what I would piggyback on to what you're talking about. Men of a certain age, get yourself screened, get yourself in for regular checkups. That way, if something is wrong, there is early detection. But if you notice something that your body's telling you, listen. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I heard something, you know, years ago from a, it was a famous person who'd been through prostate cancer like in his 80s. And he said his doctor told him if all men, if they live long enough, will get it. I mm -hmm. think that's probably an overstatement. I don't know that it's necessarily true, but it is very commonplace among men. And I have heard from a number of people I know and friends who have been through it and, and have had it already. So... Talking to Mike Kennedy, voice of the Shockers, talking about his treatment that he's going through and also the games that he's getting ready for this week. Tulsa comes to town on Wednesday, and then Temple comes to town on Sunday. And crossing fingers and uh, knocking on wood, you'll be uh, good to go for not only those games but down the line. And I don't want to uh, put words in your mouth, but looking forward to uh, the conference tournament, you – and I'm kind of doing the math in my head on the fly here. You'll be about – 
finished with your treatment by, uh, by then? By staying home last week, that puts me in a position to be done with them the day we leave for Fort Worth. And I wanted to uh, certainly be able to go do the conference tournament. And then I thought if I had to miss another road game or something in between to, to make that happen. But uh, my doctor said, actually, I would do the 27th of 28 on that day we leave. And he said, if we're to that point and I'm still handling it fine, that we could figure out a day to do two in one day and be done with it then well i know there not all of those radiation treatments are created equal but i will say about maybe nine or ten into my 33 i was in a little bit worse off shape than you were so the fact that you're halfway through and still feeling good encourages me for you well and i think you know it certainly may depend on location no uh, doubt. you know I, I, I can't imagine what you went through i mean that yours had to be just from the outset more painful than anything i've experienced and so i've been fortunate from that standpoint too all right so uh give us the state of the union uh on shocker men's basketball as you see it of course you missed the two games but you i'm sure heard every every last uh, bounce of the ball 10 and 15, 2 and 11. Uh, it's been a rough go of it, and Wichita State can't seem to buy one on the road either. And those two games, to me, just were kind of a microcosm of, of this season, maybe particularly on the road. But uh, I don't know how to put it other than it just seems like sometimes they're finding ways to lose. Uh, they they go, what was it, 6 for th- well, 40-some 40, 40 percent yesterday at Charlotte from mm-hmm. the free-throw line. 11, 11-point game, they get outscored by 17-7 to 7 from yep. the free-throw line. The eight games prior to that, they'd shot 78 percent. So it's not like they're not capable or they haven't been working on it, but it's just like when that seems to be the critical element, the the game at, uh, at ECU, you and Bob pointed out, they only had four turnovers in the second half, but every single one of them was at a critical point when they had a chance to get back in the game. And for those that... Uh, kind of have heartburn about going four for 21 from three-point range. Paul uh, pointed out in film a day or so later, 42% of them were wide open. Like they were, they were absolutely uh, not going to let Quincy Ballard do what he did, you know, in, in Wichita. And that's uh, that's just smart coaching. And weren't going to let uh, Xavier Bell do what he did against FAU and back, to, back down a shorter or a, a weaker defender and finish in the lane. They weren't going to let that happen. Eight of those three-pointers at ECU were uncontested, like horse shots. And you would think the majority of those go down, and at the very least, Mike, you've got to shoot them because you're not going to unclog the lane if you don't shoot them. Well, and if you, if you really look at it, <clears throat> excuse me, I gave you a, a stat that I had just figured out about – how totally dependent Wichita State is on Colby Rogers to basically to have a decent three-point shooting night. And uh, I figured it out today, and he had back-to-back tough games on the road, dropped just under, still just under 40% for the year, but he's at that, and everybody else combined is 27.4% for the year. And virtually every game that they've shot at well from three, he's had a, a really good game, and then maybe another guy or two has chipped in a little bit. But he is the, the one threat they have, and so, of course, everybody knows that, and they're going to really plan to that. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's at the very top of every scouting report. So uh, it's one thing to get off to a good start, which actually he did against ECU. I want to say he hit two of his first four, something like that. But when it just dried up, you've got to have somebody that is – all right, he's the he's our 
you know, there's Colby is one, and somebody's got to be the 1A, and it seems like that's kind of a, a revolving door game and, to game. And even for those guys who aren't particularly good three-point shooters, that stat you just mentioned, uh, you know, somebody's got to at least occasionally be able to knock one down that's wide open like that. Talking to Mike Kennedy, uh, he's got the call against Tulsa. That's an 8 o'clock tip on Wednesday as Tulsa comes to town and Temple comes to town on Sunday. Just your general, I was talking about the American before you came on, just your general thoughts of what the American standings look like. you got to be a little bit surprised at all the newcomers that are kind of elbowing everybody in the league down a little bit and really uh, – Quoting Nuke Lelouch, they're announcing their presence with authority, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and you know, South Florida had some decent personnel last year, and they have one of the more veteran returning rosters in the conference, and uh, he has done a great job with them in his first year there. Uh, to me, he's... Uh, having seen him in person once and then just kind of watching him on TV, he seems to be a very calm presence on the sideline and a uh, very positive influence. And so um, he's really getting a lot out of them. Charlotte was picked 13th of 14 yeah. teams, and they've really put a nice year together. So those have been surprises. Early on, Alabama-Birmingham was picked top three, and I didn't know if you know if they were going to be anything near that, but they have really come on in the league and played well. So what you were talking about with the tournament, I think it's pretty wide open. And you know, right now, if things don't change too much, FAU still is a lock for an at-large, and SMU is, is high enough in the metrics. They, they certainly could be. And it's certainly likely to me that somebody else could – could win that tournament, which would be good for the league. But uh, I don't know how much people have looked at the format with 14 teams this year and everybody plays. If you play on Wednesday, if you're one of those four teams playing on Wednesday, you would have to win five games in five Whoa. days. And the ones that the next six who start out on Thursday would have to win four in four days. So getting in those top four spots and not playing till Friday, I think, is a huge advantage. And, and that's going to make some of those the favorite of those that might not be in that situation. The one I'd say to watch out for then would be north texas because they could get you into a bunch of rock fights over yep. four or five days four days and and really make it difficult and, on everybody and not to have you uh, speak for shocker nation but i think uh, when it was announced uh, that these teams will be coming uh into the american with the three going out to the big 12 i don't know that, that necessarily raised many eyebrows when you say okay charlotte's coming into the league of course fau doing what they did they're the crown jewel but charlotte uab We'd already seen North Texas, so they kind of fired some warning shots a couple of years ago when they come up when they came up here and won. But I don't know that it necessarily moved the needle much for people. But I would imagine they've changed their tune by now. I would hope so. And and uh, my thought was you you lose a Houston that's been a preeminent team in the country for the last four or five years. Obviously, that's a a loss. But FAU has kind of they're not quite where Houston is, but they've kind of filled that spot of a nationally you know nationally ranked prominent program. And then Cincinnati is having a very good year this year, but they had not been that Cincinnati for three or four years since Mick Cronin left, and UCF's been kind of a middle-of-the-pack team most of the time. So these others, I think, have given the league more depth, and even you know, even those teams that are at the bottom with Wichita State, Temple and Rice and Tulsa, uh, UTSA even, are teams that have enough good players that they can certainly give any of the best teams a problem on any given night. And 
not to make this about UTSA at all, but boy, if they cared at all about defense, <laughs> they, they might scare somebody at Fort Worth and beat them 90 to 89 or something. Well, and you mentioned, uh, Tim, or, uh, Tulane a little earlier, kind of the same thing. If, if they've got three of the best offensive players in the conference, yeah. if they just defended a little better and, and, you know, they, they're a team that could maybe get hot and really give some problems if they don't get swamped in that, that Wednesday situation. Got any favorite Tulsa stories? I know you've seen dozens and dozens of uh, fights between Wichita State and Tulsa. You know, it, it certainly changed after they left the conference. That's what it was really, really intense. And there, that was, I think, the strongest rivalry uh, that Wichita State's ever had. And that was that started really with football and, and certainly carried through that as long as Wichita State had a football program. But basketball got to be that way, particularly starting in the early 80s with Gene Smithson and, and Nolan Richardson. Now I think there are enough fans still around who remember those days, but, but Tulsa hasn't been that good recently when Wichita State was. And so uh, it's not the rivalry it once was, but I think it's one that people in both cities still care about. No question. A uh, couple of texters weighing in. Uh, one texter said, best, best wishes to you, Mike. I'm a survivor, too. Thank, Thank you, you, texter. Thank you. Yep. Um, so Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, Wichita State, Tulsa, and then Sunday uh, against Temple. And this is also a time of year, uh, health notwithstanding, that uh, you and I got to be pretty <laughs> good at juggling the schedules, men's and women's basketball and baseball, the confluence of those of those sports, not only is it to keep us both busy, but it keeps our heads on a swivel a little bit when it comes to Shocker Athletics. Pretty exciting time. It is, and uh, an exciting weekend for the Shocker baseball team, their first series. I don't know if people realize, but uh, Little Rock, who they really pounded twice, is picked to win their conference and be an NCAA tournament team. The guy they beat on Friday led the league, led the nation in ERA last year. And and speaking of you and me, Denning did a great job. Yes, too. he did. It's nice to have that yes, uh, that other contributor to what we do. No question. All right, uh, before we uh, let Mike go, we need to remind you that coming up here in just a little bit, we need to get to Matt Tate. He's our Jayhawk insider. He is brought to you by Superpools. Uh, they beat Oklahoma over the weekend. Of course, you're home for KU Athletics right here on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. We'll talk to him in just a little bit. And then I'm old Kyle's young. Kyle's sitting in for Jack here in the next couple of days. We'll get to that. Uh, coming up about 140 or so, it's brought to you by Farhall Roofing. Mike, thank you so much for stopping by, giving us all an update on how you're doing. Thrilled that you're feeling good. Thrilled that you're about halfway through this. And, uh, Sounds like the prognosis, and most importantly, your spirits are good. Was that was that ever tested? I guess before I no, let you know. not really. I, you know, actually, it was. It could have been, except that we kind of had an idea from what the uh, urologist had told us from the initial consultation. We could just kind of read between the lines and sense that he thought it was before we found out so sure. So even then, I was prepared for it. So before I go, I just yes. want to say to your listeners. Shane has been incredibly empathetic and supportive in all of this. I can't thank you enough for keeping my spirits up there. Thank Easy you. to do. My pleasure. Mike Kennedy, everybody, the voice of the Shockers dropping by, and we're thrilled to have him. It's 1.20, and I need to let you know that ESPN Bet is now live in Kansas as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today. New users will get $100 in free bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, 
and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, when we come back, we'll talk to Matt Tate, our Jayhawk insider, brought to you by Super Pools. That's next. One twenty-five. It's Paul Dean's birthday too. One of the members of Loverboy. He's seventy-eight. Time now for our KU segment with our insider Matt Tate from R1S1Sports.com. KU rebounding from an embarrassing loss against Texas Tech. And kind of took it to Oklahoma, especially defensively. Matt is brought to you by Super Pools. You can let them turn your dream into a reality by giving your family the backyard they've always wanted. Give Jenny a call today at 316-880-3900 or go to superpoolsusa.com. Well, Matt, that was a little bit more like it. Uh, the defensive effort against OU when it was uh, lack thereof against Texas Tech in a game which not much went right at all. What was the theme of that OU game and uh, winning one on the road for KU in your eyes? Yeah, you know, I, I think it was as much as anything that they were just due to get back to who they are. And uh, I know that sounds pretty simplistic, but I, 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 I've been saying for a couple of weeks that it was just really, really hard to picture KU going 1-8 and eight on the road. And, uh, you know... It, they're not going to go one and eight now. They still have two really tough road games, so they might go two and seven, but they also might go, what would that be? Three and six or, yeah. uh, four and five, I guess it would be, right? So, um, yeah, I, I you know, I, I think there were elements of that game that, that obviously looked better, but a lot of that had to do with getting Kevin McCuller back and, um, and, and just having all your pieces. I, I don't think McCuller played his best game or even close. Uh, he still struggled offensively. He, he, his efficiency numbers weren't great. He didn't shoot it well, but he was out there. And he's a, a guy that's played a lot of basketball. And at this point, he's played a lot of Kansas basketball. So you can put a guy like that back on the floor, and he can get you those, you know, eight to ten rebounds, a handful of defensive stops, big moments where it may not even show up on the stat sheet, but just having him out there helped your team uh, on both ends. But, you know, that kind of thing is, is you just can't put value to that. It, it's just so important. And I think especially in the second half there, you started to see um, when they pulled away, you started to see that this was a team that remembered who they were, remembered, you know, how they play their best basketball, which is all five guys playing together, clicking together and, and uh, when they did that, Oklahoma had no chance. I mean, it wasn't that they were looking for an answer and couldn't find one. They just didn't have a chance. And so, you know, there's still a long road to go, and there's a lot we've got to figure out about this team, and they've got to answer some questions still. But I think that moment, that, that you know, final, I don't know, five or six minutes of that game, I, I think it really shows people why it would be foolish to probably write Kansas off. Um, no matter what they're seeded or where they end up or, or how it goes from here. I mean, they still have the ability to throw that together and, and make that click and make it look the way it did there. And that's no small feat. I mean, Oklahoma's a ranked team, an NCAA tournament team, a good team, and uh, and it was on their home floor with, with a sellout crowd and all the reasons in the world to be up for knocking off Kansas, especially because they're not going to play them again, you know, with, with OU's 
leaving for the SEC. So all of that was was in the home team's favor, and yet Kansas still found a way. And, and I think it was just a huge, huge. The biggest part of that was that they were they were whole again. They were back together. They got the band back together, and and they felt good about that, and and it showed in their play. And also, Matt, wouldn't you agree that part of winning on the road is showing a little bit of toughness that, frankly, KU had been criticized for, uh, a lack thereof, because you can't out-rebound somebody at their home barn by 11 and not show at least a little bit of toughness, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Self said that earlier in the week, or maybe it was the week before, but yeah, I mean, he throws that word around, and and it's serious business when he says it. so the fact that he had talked about his team not having enough toughness to fight through adversity and close games on the road was, was probably something that they all heard, and I'm sure they heard it more than once. And uh, I, I'm sure they took that as a personal challenge and, and uh, a hit to their pride. And, and, you know, that's what the good coaches do. They get, they get players to respond to those types of things. And so, you know, no one made a big deal out of it. No one said that was the reason, but they don't have to say it. It just has to show up. It has to be effective. And, and I think you're exactly right. They, uh, they could have folded that game. You know, I mean, a lot was made about the end of the first half where they were down 11. Mm-hmm. And if they stay down 11 or, or get down worse, um, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know that they would have had the toughness to find a way to win that game. So it wasn't necessarily second half or down the stretch when they closed the game where that toughness showed up. I think it was right there at the end of the first half where they realized, hey, this could be getting away from us. And if we don't respond right now, then we may be dead in the water again. And they did respond. They got a few stops. They got a few buckets. It was down to five at halftime. And that's obviously, especially for a team that's struggling, that's a lot more manageable number than being down double digits on the road, kind of going into the locker room thinking, gosh, darn it, are we really doing this again? Is this the same old, same old? You know, I mean, no one would want to voice that. No one would be singing that. No one would be saying that. But it would be impossible for that to not have been in their heads. But when it's five, it's, you know, you score, you get a stop, you score again, and it's a tie ball game. And that seems so much more manageable than – um, double digits and, and kind of panicking about that. So I, I think that toughness that you're talking about was probably that last two two and a half minutes of the first half, and and good for them because the, you know that, that's that's sort of that championship DNA that they have, and and mm-hmm. they delivered when they had to do it. Three ranked teams coming up in the next five. Uh, Texas looms on the horizon. KU Texas coverage right here on ESPN Wichita at three thirty on Saturday. Before we totally get off of Kevin McCullough. Uh, I'll ask you to speculate a little bit or uh, at least get uh, your reaction to any comments anybody made. How did he look? How does his health seem to be now after uh, taking the last game off and trying to get more healthy? How did he look? I, I think it's something that, that, that'll be with him. Um, I, you know, I, I think he played a lot of minutes, and, you know, they needed him, obviously. So that's what he had to do, and, and you know, we, we talked last week um, about that very thing. Like, if, if Self would have thought they would they would lose the game and he would play him 30 minutes, he might just sit him. But mm-hmm. they obviously got the win, and, and they played him as much as they needed to play him. And so I, I think that, you know, he looked okay. You could see it from time to time, I thought. Um, you know, he, he's not weak. He's not soft. It's not like he's limping around on it shouldn't be out there i think it's just something that he's gonna have to play through and and 
Some days that's easy to do, and some days that's impossible to do. So um, this week will be huge. I'm sure he'll get a ton of rest and a ton of treatment, you know, going Saturday to Saturday and not having to worry about playing a midweek game. So that, that couldn't come at a much better time. But um, I, I'd, I'd be really surprised, and this is just my guess, but I'd, I'd be really surprised if, if, if the injury is something that completely goes away at any point this season. I think it's something he's going to have to deal with and manage and, and uh, figure out how to, uh, to, to handle, um, you know, in the, in the days leading up to game day and then also on game day. And, then, and look, like for an injury like that and, and a bone bruise and a, and a guy like that that, that used to be an out there, it's almost better if his if his legs and his wind and his foul trouble can handle it. It's almost better for him to be out there all forty because if if he sits for too long and, and halftime probably isn't a whole lot of fun. Although at halftime you can get some treatment and things like that. Um, you don't want that thing to get tight or, or sore or you know stiffen up on you at all. Um, so it's probably best to have him on the floor. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily worry about. The, the high volume of minutes because I think that's where they're at. I think they've got five guys. I think they know it. And I think they're going to try to ride with that as much as they can. And and, uh, and and while that might seem like it could be a little taxing for McCuller, um, it might not be the worst thing. I mean, that might be the actual uh, recipe for, for what they want to do with them because you just don't want that thing to tighten up. You can give it treatment off days, after the game, all that stuff. But you, you just don't want that thing to tighten up because – that's when you really feel it, I think. If you're playing through it, you can find your way through it. So, all in all, I think, you know, he, he showed – I think what, what showed up most was just the rust of not having played. But I didn't think that was necessarily related to the injury. You think uh, with this full week off – or off, in quotes, uh, not playing games, you right, think uh, right. Bill, Bill Self kind of treats uh, his starting five as maybe an NBA coach would, uh, basically get them off their feet because we know that – Y'all are going to play 33 to 37 minutes uh, come hell or high water. So with the, you know, kind of the dog days of college basketball upon us and McCullers' uh, knee the way we know it is, is, maybe there's some load management from now until Saturday as far as the intensity level at the practices? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were off yesterday and today, um, and then maybe they go light tomorrow and maybe they're off again Wednesday. And then and then they you know go light Thursday and do a real prep Friday and then play on Saturday. I mean it could be it could be as as tame as that. Um, and it's funny because over the years that's something that that Coach Self had to adjust to in his own mind. Um, you know, in his younger days as a head coach and and even at Kansas in his younger days, uh, man, he wanted to put those guys through practice no matter what and make it hell. And make it hurt. And and his goal was always because then, you know, if your practices suck, the games are, are a joy and, and yeah. the games are easier. And um, there are a lot of coaches that think that way, and, and he certainly did. Um, but as he's gone on in this profession, I, I think he started to understand a little bit more of, you know, you got to listen to these guys, you, 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 especially when you're so thin like this. You, you can't ride them, ride them, ride them, ride them and hope they can deliver when, when you need them to. I mean, you have got to do the management thing and, and handle um, what their needs are all along the way. And, and that, that doesn't mean you can't be um, intense. That doesn't mean 
that maybe you only go 30 minutes, but maybe it's a really intense 30 minutes, you know, but, but maybe it's not two in, two hours and 30 minutes. Like, I think he's really um, adjusted that in that way and, and, and turned over a new leaf as he's, as his coaching career has gone on. And, and, you know, that's what the great ones do. They adjust, they figure it out. They, they coach to their personnel and, and, and their, uh, what's required in the moment. And, and very few people are as good as he is at that. So, I think they probably got a ton of rest this week. I think they'll get a lot next week, even though they'll they'll be back to two games. Um, I still think they'll uh, they'll find a way to to give them as much time off their feet um, away from game day as they possibly can. And and a lot of that can be mental reps, and a lot of that can be film work, and a lot of that can be preparation in the sense that they're still really locked in and they're still really focusing on this. They're just not on their feet. And yeah, I think that's probably what we're looking at the rest of the way, really. No doubt. Uh, Jayhawk Insider Matt Tate joining us, brought to you by Superpools, R1S1Sports.com. Wave the Wheat is where he does his work. Uh, at this point in the season, a lot of times, Matt, you see freshmen start to hit the wall a little bit. Uh, you wouldn't know it by Johnny Furphy's uh, stat line against OU if he's getting tired. Uh, is there anything you can see from him, uh, how he's looking? And I guess uh, El Marco Jackson, I guess, to a lesser degree. Yeah, I think I think Johnny's just still coming. I think he's still starting to to find out who he is, and I think the fact that he didn't play a ton in the first, you know, non-conference portion of the schedule, and the fact that he was kind of an inconsistent player off the bench and didn't know how many minutes he was going to get, um, I, I think that was the best thing for him. It allowed him to watch. It allowed him to, you know, take it all in. It allowed him to, um, you know get used to his new surroundings, not just from a basketball standpoint, but from a, I moved from Australia to America standpoint too. You know, that, that can't be overlooked. I don't think so. I think, uh, that reality for him, the fact that that was how it went, I think that probably delayed and pushed back his wall. Um, if it ever would be one, I mean, the wall he hit a couple of weeks ago, that wasn't necessarily freshman legs or mental fatigue or anything like that. That was just the way teams were starting to defend him. Um, they figured out how to how to guard him and, and take him off the three-point line, and, and he had to adjust to that. But if there's one really exciting thing that Kansas has shown in the last couple of games, it's that. They've got him back going from outside. Uh, he had three in the game the other day, and I think he might have had three in the, in the game before that, um, two or three against Texas Tech. Obviously didn't matter, but it, it certainly didn't hurt. So, um, you know, that, that to me is, is a non-factor. I don't think there will be a wall with Johnny. Um, I could be dead wrong, but it just doesn't seem like it's coming to me. Um, and then the other guys, it's just so hard to say, you know, that the whole season's kind of been a brick wall, right? They just yeah. running into it, running into it, running into it. Uh, even El Marco, who started all those games, you know, from the outset, he never looked like he was fully comfortable, so we never saw him get comfortable or any of those other freshmen to where they could now take a step back and it would be a noticeable step back or it would be something where we're like, oh, wow, what happened? You know, what happened is none of them have really gotten going yet other than Percy. So it's uh, it's probably, I don't know that you'd call it a blessing in disguise or anything like that because you'd way rather have those guys more reliable, more consistent, and, and more a part of the rotation. But um, I don't think it's anything they have to worry about. I don't think it's anything they're going to panic about because they're not relying on them to the point where if they do hit a wall, it will be a problem. It's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like wall or no wall, 
we're not using you a whole lot. And we'll take what we can get from you, but we're not really counting on much. And, and that's, again, not a knock on those guys, but um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing to see how things have gone with El Marco. I mean, he, you know, he played, what, four and a half minutes the other day? Yep. Uh, he had a foul and a turnover, and that was it. And that's a guy who was starting, without question, was starting. I mean, it wasn't even like he was fighting for his starting spot there for a while. They were just throwing him out there because that's who they had to start. And uh, obviously that was before Turkey found it and, and made his impact. But, um, you know, to go from a, an automatic starter like that at Kansas, a top-five team, to uh, to a guy that really doesn't even play is, is – um, such a weird, weird thing to watch, especially for a kid with as much talent as he has. I know Kansas fans haven't really seen it, um, and so I, I know that if people roll their eyes when they hear that. That's that's totally fine. Um, but you know, if you've watched him in any other capacity, um, whether that was before he got to KU or practice or or whatever, uh, he has talent. He's a great athlete. He's smooth. He's quick. All these things that you would want. He just hasn't been able to put it together. So. Um, I, you know, I don't know if time's run out. I don't know if it's if it's uh, impossible to see it happening um, for him or not. But I, I don't think they're counting on him or anybody else. The, the Jamari McDowell thing was was as exciting as anything about Saturday. Probably, I mean, he came back and played pretty well. And um, you know, it was one thing to lose Kevin McCullough, but to get both of those guys back, that was huge because at least McDowell's another guy that you can bring in with some energy and some bounce and some athleticism and. And, you know, he may not need to play 15 minutes. He may need to play only five minutes. But at least you've got another option you can go to. So getting both of them back was huge. And, and I feel the same way about McDowell as I do those other guys. Like, he just hasn't played enough. It hasn't been taxing enough for him to worry about a wall coming or not coming. I just think that the, the wall is uh, – they're immune to the freshman wall this year one way or the other. Um, and, you know, as much as you'd rather have a bunch of freshmen playing really well – uh, maybe the wall and avoiding it for a year or a couple of years is the worst place to be because sometimes that wall could be an absolute disaster. It is what it is, as they say, and I think that's fitting for these uh, groups, this group of freshmen. Our weekly visit with Matt Tate, brought to you by Super Pools. Let them turn your dream into a reality by giving your family the backyard they've always wanted. Give Jenny a call today or go to superpoolsusa.com and mention ESPN Wichita and get a free robot cleaner for all new builds. Their number is 316-880-3900. Great stuff once again, Matt. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. That sounds good, man. Thank you. Have a great week. Rick, you too. R1S1Sports.com is where you can find him. Matt Tate, our Jayhawk insider. If you can't get enough KU talk, we got Hawk Talk coming up tonight at 6 o'clock, and that is ahead of the Saturday game, KU versus Texas. Coverage starting right here on the channel at 3.30. KU Texas tipping at five. All right, coming up next, it's I'm Old Kyle's Young, and it's brought to you today by Farha Roofing. Whether it's a repair, service, or replacement, Farha Roofing is the team for you. Call Farha Roofing or visit farharoofing.com. We rise above the rest. I'm Old Kyle's Young, next. Green
It's uh, 148. I'm old Kyle's young. Pat is here. Pulse is coming up, and I don't have any idea who this is. <laughs> don't look at me, because I don't think I could get this person right. Is a person or a group, Kyle? This is a person. Is this all they do for the entire trip? Yeah, I'm waiting for something else. This is about it. That's right. For thanks real? A, thanks a lot. The object of the game is to stump you. Yeah, well... Not the be mission, ac- mission accomplished. Great. Wait till you hear the birthdays you're about to get. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna breathe fire. Hey, you have a hint at all? Uh, I yeah. used this uh, back when I filled in for Jack in December. This is the same artist of at least one of the songs I used. But a different song? Different song. That's right. Okay. So not a one-hit wonder? Uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I believe Pat actually guessed this artist uh, the last time I played it. There's Correctly? no way. Really? Yeah. Uh, what is this song called? It is called Flower. Okay, thank you. What was the song I got of yeah, this person? Yeah. Was you got Extreme Ways. Oh... Okay. This is um. Oh, Moby nailed it. Oh, good pull. I did not know this. Moby. Moby. Wow. Whoops. Oh well. Well, you know, at least Kyle knows how the game's played. True. Job well done. Made it very difficult on you. Say, sure did. To open up the week. Oh, you're going to be here all week, though, so, you know. Might as well give you the tough one now. Yeah, long week for me. But just not here. All right. It's February 19. Besides being President's Day, I meant to text you, see if we got the day off, but <laughs> You asked me last month. Did I? If yes. we got President's Day off? Yes. Yeah. And my answer was, uh, no. Yeah. What kind of people get President's Day off? What, banks? Uh, no. Good call. Yeah. Banks? My little brother Post has office. no school today. School's out. What school would that be? Uh, that's classified. Is it a is it a junior high? Yeah, that's all I'm It's at. a middle okay. school. Middle school. Middle school. Okay. Okay. Classified information. <laughs> You're on a need to know basis. You don't need to know where my little brother goes to school. Oh, that was. I don't know why I found that so funny. Kyle's got a little sass to him today. That was great though. On a need to know basis. Why did you just say nunya? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a it's a progressive pro- progressive school. It's called yeah. nunya. <laughs> <laughs> Not in middle business, school. This middle school. NMS is where he goes. <laughs> Most cover made. Most yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. See, that was my gut feeling. So I'll not go to the bank after work. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> you can go to an ATM. Why? You can to deposit my check. You can deposit checks at ATMs. I'm not doing that. I'm giving I do that it all the time. I'm giving it to a real person, <laughs> and then get my balance and receipt. What I get my balance and receipt from the ATM? Yes. 
Oh, man. I guess I do. I feel like that's going to take a next level of guts for old, an old guy like me. It's to so simple. Deposit it. Here's my card. Do this. Put this in. Boom. Wait, wait, Done. wait. Don't just gloss over this. What do you do? Take take my debit card. Okay. Put it in an ATM. Uh-huh. Put it in my secret code. Deposit. Check. Insert checks. Oh. I'm damned. Says accepted. Maybe it's been way too long since I've been to an ATM. Out comes the debit card. Out comes the receipt with the balance. I'm a little bit mind blown right now, but I'll I'll take a look next time I'm there. It's really simple. At least for me, it's simple. (laughs) Well, that's why I asked for a how-to. Never done it. Uh, Born on this day in 1995, so that makes him 29. Nikola Jokic. Uh, he competed in the All-Star game last night. Did you watch that? Uh, no. I guess you must have. <laughs> no, I just I saw you clips on, on Twitter. That's, oh, that, okay. that's all. All right. So you must have been bored, man. 211 to 187. It sounds like I don't mind NBA. It's Something. Just, it's just... funny is someone hit the nail on the head players complain about not making it to the all-star game yet when they get there it makes it seem like it's a twerp and then they're playing it no figure it out well you know they all got something in their contract as far as incentives of course gonna get some extra dough if they make the all-star team deposit by taking a pick i've done that before yep i've done that before that I would maybe feel a little more comfortable with instead of uh, feeding it into an ATM. Why? If I, I don't know if I had the choice of the two. That sounds more appealing to me. Uh, Roger Goodell, 65. The NFL commissioner. Correct. Boo. And also co-star of the movie Draft Day. He was, well, well, he was Jeff Darlington. Friend of the show. Uh, yeah, Jeff Darlington. apparently. <laughs> Who had a... Uh, a cameo. A cameo and did not speak any... He wasn't supposed wasn't to. Wasn't allowed to uh, give a line. He was, he was going to give a line, and then they're like, uh, okay, that was great, just don't talk. And it's because he would get checks. Why, why would he talk on his own if it wasn't in the script? That's what I don't understand. He just riff. He just decided to say something, and What's, the director what? said, cut. <laughs> exactly uh, Jeff, what it Jeff, was. Jeff, you're doing great, but here's the thing. Don't say anything. <laughs> Let's try that again. Dave Stewart, 67. Um, let me go. Let me go with baseball. Yes. Former Oakland A ace, Dave Stewart. Born on this day, now dead. Eddie Arcaro. Oh, I know this. He uh, he won a triple crown, I believe. The jockey, very good. Mm. Passed away in 1997. Hall of Fame jockey, triple crown winner in 1941 and in 1948. As a bonus, can you name either of the horses that he was on the back of? Not a chance. Citation was one of them. Does that sound familiar? It does not. Nope. Okay. By the way, you were gone last week. Seattle Slew was the first name that came up. <laughs> I forgot the text. You, you. Didn't, did you read it? Did yeah, you do it? Okay, good, good. It was the very first thing I said. Perfect. 
Perfect. Jack nailed it. He got it right? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Of liar, liar fame. Seattle slew. All right. I guess I'm done. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. For Kyle, I'm Shane. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at noon. But from now until then, got plenty of cool stuff for you to listen to, including The Pulse with Pat. He's coming your way next.